Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. We were just having a really intense conversation before we started recording. Yeah, we were. I mean, like, I feel like I was just, like, screaming in your face. No. And and Uh, then it was just silent for a minute, and you were like, well, let's record this, and then we did. (laughs) uh, Everything is really intense and serious right now, so it's good to have these conversations. Yeah, and I mean, like, there is a lot of, like, conversations among friends where you're you're just sort of like repeating information that everybody knows to each other but I mean sometimes you just have to do that to like reiterate things vent to just like express your frustration I don't know that's like not too small a word whatever whatever the yeah is. frustration you just, like, express and your rage at everything that's rage. happening and uh fury I don't know other words very greek tragedy words yeah and you're like heartbreak and your despair yeah yeah uh a lot of that um but well i mean i guess i've been i've been masking or uh uh um what's the word distracting myself from a lot of the well and it's all part of one thing but the and we're going to talk about this but all of the drama at Condé Nast has really been, I mean, it's part of what's happening and it might not be the most important part of what's happening, but it's all related. Um, And yet it is also a distraction. Yeah, it's all related. I mean, I've, I've looked at that stuff too. I find it to be, honestly, for me, that stuff has been like slightly frustrating. I, I love Sola and I love what happened at Condé Nast at Bon Appetit and we're going to talk about it because we have to talk about it because we talk about that stuff all the time I've been like using this time like to like get to like re-engage myself with like activism and like I don't I I I I feel like um the Condé Nast stuff is I mean it's something that's definitely relevant for us to talk about here on this show yeah well I mean because 
because we talk about media stuff all the time and Gwyneth and had, stuff and cooking stuff and like yeah. it's totally like on our radar and Gwyneth sure. and Adam Rappaport were, were good are good friends she was on the cover of the very first uh issue of Bon Appetit that that Adam Rappaport edited when he took over in 2020 yeah, and I remember when that happened it was like a huge deal like I remember that being like a big deal for them I think she might have been like one of the few celebrities that's actually been on the cover because the only one I can think of uh yeah I, I don't, I, they never have celebrities on the cover, but it was a big deal when he took over for the previous editor and sort of to remake this, because it was uh, uh, Gourmet, which was the other Condé Nast food magazine, uh, closed, I believe, the year before, yeah. um, because there were two of them and Bon Appetit had, you know, more subscribers, but Gourmet was always considered the higher end, um, the more sort of tuned in with with culture, and Bon Appetit had always been sort of a very you know, easy recipes for, you know, after work, mom's on the go it was sort of the second tier. Um, but I think Adam Rappaport, his job was to sort of combine these two ethos of, of sort of a cultural magazine about the cutting edge of food and, and then also making it a little more accessible for more people. So he chose Gwyneth to be the, the, the avatar for the new world of food that he was curating. Yeah, and it's kind of amazing that a magazine like that, that was, has survived and is like as successful as it is right now, culturally, that it's as culturally relevant because really um, that was at a time when like, I mean, I remember when Gourmet went like folded, it was like, I couldn't believe it. Like that was like such a staple in my house growing up. Like Gour my Gourmet had taught me how to cook. I mean, I've, yeah. I've been subscribing to these rest these magazines my entire adult life. Yeah, my my mom used to have like the like magazine like bookshelf things that were just like filled with her back issues of, of gourmet. Like we just had so many gourmet. I think she probably still has them somewhere in the house. Yeah. Like they were and and I think Bon Appetit as well. I've always used Bon Appetit more than than gourmet. I think because just like how old I was when gourmet went out of business. But it's um like no print media publication like they've all struggled i mean they all have struggled a lot um in the last like 20 years yeah and, and, and bon appetit was i mean it's sort of a cliche with media companies pivoting to video and it's been a failure for pretty much all of them except bon appetit was the exception and actually thrived and got a new life from pivoting to video yeah, they like, so the video, we've talked about it on here before, and you're probably familiar with it, but these videos have been like a really important part of making it a, um, an important voice in like the food space, I guess is like kind of a dorky way to say it, but whatever, like they started doing these videos where workers in the test kitchen would like sort of talk to the camera and talk about what they were doing. And it kind of took on this fun atmosphere where it felt like you were like, it kind of, people say it remind them of like the TV show, The Office, because you got to see these like office politics and these people at work who are all like young, attractive, charming, stylish New Yorkers, um, kind of like working really hard and doing goofy stuff for your, for your amused entertainment and educating you about food at the same time. And it was just like, it became like this incredibly popular YouTube channel. And a, a lot of the uh, writers and editors who were put in front of a camera kind of became like mini celebrities to people who are like really interested in that stuff online, or even like people who might not have been in other, like 
they've been written up in like BuzzFeed and like places like that where like young people go to like learn about um, culture. Yeah. And, and pe- people uh, that w- weren't even, you know, uh, home cooks or it didn't even, that wasn't really even a big interest. They, they would watch these videos and I, I got into it relatively late, uh, like in the last, definitely in the last year, I hadn't really watched them before this past year, but I think it's good. Like you said, um, the office politics. Cause I, I do think a lot of, and a lot of like the soul searching that I know I, as a viewer, and I think a lot of other people are doing is, is everyone was sort of projecting what they thought the relationships between these people were and, and projecting a fantasy of sort of an egalitarian uh, office where everyone is friends and everyone is on equal footing and everyone is helping each other out and everyone's having a great time when you know if anyone, I mean, any work situation, but especially if you've worked in an office, you know that that's not the case. Like that's not, that couldn't be true. could never be true. Right. And it's like, you know, that there are people who have like higher positions than others. Like there, there would be chirons where they would say someone would be like the director of something or an assistant something. And you would sort of see like, okay, that, you know, people have different jobs, whatever. Most of us weren't going through with a fine tooth comb. Like I knew that Andy was like, sort of like a more upper level, like a level person. Well, Car- and- Carla and Chris had sort of managerial positions. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, certain, mm-hmm. some of them like Andy, I think worked full time for the magazine. Uh, others like Claire were independent contractors who were, and then, and then there were uh, people who I didn't realize cause I only started watching it in the last year. I, I honestly did not realize that uh, Priya and Sola and Christina, the, the non-white people in the kitchen were brought on after there had already been criticism. I didn't realize that they, they were all sort of new. To, I didn't know because I I only heard about it from you, so like I'm okay. even later than you, so I don't even know about that either. But um, so okay, so what happened was this, um, Sola, who is one of the people on the show, and she's a non-white person. Um, she's Bengali. She's Bengali. She um. She was the first one who tweeted, right? I actually maybe I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, about so the, so the so <laughs> it it happened so quickly. Uh, the 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 original thing actually happened on on Twitter. It was um, a freelance journalist, uh, Puerto Rican freelance journalist, who took to Twitter uh, to complain um, about her experience pitching to Gourmet and how. Wait, to Gourmet or, or sorry, to Bon Appetit. Yeah. Uh, to, to Bon Appetit, to Adam Rappaport specifically, about pitching uh, stories about Puerto Rican food. Um, this, you know, is a magazine that is based in New York. There's a huge Puerto Rican culture. Uh, I, when I lived in New York, I had no uh, idea about Puerto Rican food. But when you move, move to New York, you start eating that type of food. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a huge deal. So it's crazy that they didn't have uh, a regular column or, or anyone cooking that food. She leaked these uh text messages or or emails from adam rapaport who was sort of brushing her off and sort of saying how gourmet or bon appetit has to always be about sort of what's new what's next what's hip in food and that writing about traditional puerto rican food is not part of bon appetit's mission um so she was really frustrated about that had also talked to other uh uh uh, freelance journalists of color who had had uh, similar experiences um, with with Bon Appetit. Then after she posted that, 
someone else um, looked back onto, I don't know if it was Adam Rappaport's Instagram or Adam Rappaport's wife's Instagram, but there was a picture. Was I think it was, his, yeah, his wife. So the, the, the picture was posted in uh, 2013 as a TBT. Um, and it was Adam Rappaport and uh, his wife, Simone, who's uh, an artist, uh, obviously two white people um, in a Halloween costume as uh, going as Puerto Ricans. Uh, he's wearing a, a Yankees jersey. Um, it looks like his skin is darkened. He claims that he's not doing brown face, but it looks, I mean, I don't know. It looks sort of suspect. And she's in this sort of um, uh, pose. They they look like they're trying to look hard, uh, sort of uh, as, as a, st a stereotypical, what a white rich New Yorker would stereotype uh, Puerto Ricans to look like both in their image and their attitude, quote unquote. Um, and this is a picture that was on her Instagram. Apparently, he also had a copy of this picture on his desk. Uh, they did not think anything of this. They didn't think it was wrong. This is something that happened in 2004. They were adults. And so finally, this, the, so this photo got leaked saying, oh, it's funny that Adam Rappaport doesn't want to talk about uh, Puerto Rican food because he's so good at being Puerto Rican, something like that. Okay. So, so yeah. Yeah. So I saw that picture and um, saw the backlash to it. And yeah, the picture was taken in 2004, like Brian said, and then, re and then posted on Instagram in 2013. Um, and um, what, so it was right after the picture was like exposed or brought to everyone's attention that this tweet went out. So, so yeah, the, um, the picture was put on Twitter. People were talking about that. And then I think an hour or two later after the picture was posted, then that's when Sola took to her Instagram story um, and said that she, you know, condemned this, this picture was disgusting. She condemned Adam Rappaport, but she was like, this is just a very small symptom of the systemic issues of racism at my place of work. And then she went on to talk about, how uh, there's a huge pay inequity at Bon Appetit. And um, the, the white test cooks who had their own shows were getting paid huge fees uh, per, per video, um, whether they had a contract at the magazine or not. She was making $50,000 a year and got zero extra money for the videos. And I think this was really shocking to people that watched the videos just because they, it seemed to an outside audience that all these people were peers and were probably, you would think, making about the same amount of money. Um, and that someone who is famous to, I mean, not everyone obviously, but these videos are getting a million hits. So to a lot of people, Sola is like a celebrity and she's making in New York City barely more than a poverty wage. Yeah, $50,000 is like nothing in New York. Um, and this was, to me, the thing that this exposed was like how just like these disgusting, um, like 
managerial techniques that can be used in such a, that are often used in this like super racist way where they will decide that like, there's certain types of content. There's so much work that people are expected to do for free when they work for a media company or like do anything like that. Like you are like, there's this kind of attitude that anything you do, and we've seen this from like very small, like improv theaters yeah, all the way up. This so is true like, in any sort of artistic, I mean, in the world of comedy, yeah. in writing. It and goes then all in, the way up to like huge, like production studios yeah. that just like the idea of like exposure or just being asked to participate should be payment enough, even though the people who are making or producing the content are always making money off your work. So like they will act like, oh, you know, you get to do this. You get to perform. You get to be in this video. You get to make this video. And like this has been called out in comedy videos a lot. And it's been called out in other forms of media a lot. And now it's being called out in Condé Nast. Um, and at Condé Nast, there's like also the layer, which is, you know, pervasive among like everything of racism where, you know, so like the thing about it, that's like so insidious about this type of racism is like Michael Rappaport wasn't like, Oh, I have Adam this like, Rappaport. Oh, what did I call him? Michael Rappaport, the actor from oh, uh, the Spike Lee movies. Oh, sorry. 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 No, no, no. Adam Rappaport. Who also is problematic. Look up Michael Rappaport. Okay, there we go. Um, so he wasn't like sitting down like with like a, like he probably didn't think that he was a racist person. He no. probably thought that he was like just doing his job and like trying to make something that everybody was going to like and didn't think anything of the fact that, you know, people who had this like quote, assistant title were getting grossly underpaid for their work and that he was not promoting people of color, women of color, out of that assistant level. Like, so people, so like, what was it in his mind that was telling him it was okay? First of all, to not pay people for their work. Secondly, to only have, or to like have all of the people, women of color who work for him in this like lowered position and then to not ever promote them out of it. Um, I also... I also read, because there was also like this Business Insider. Like, yes, kind of everyone should go and read this biz Business Insider piece. And it's fascinating. his assistant was like a black woman. And she's, I think, like the only black woman that even works there. <laughs> like, Pretty I much, think yeah. There was like three black women that worked in the whole office. She was, his assistant was a Stanford graduate, uh, had also been making, I think about, not even, it was like $35,000 a year. So yeah, so uh, yeah, so that was what I was gonna say. She she said in this interview that she had been working for him for two years. She had been making thirty five thousand dollars a year, which in New York is nothing, nothing, nothing. And she asked him for a raise. She had never received a raise, and she asked him for a raise on June fifth of this year. So this was this conversation was happening publicly yeah. privately we were having a conversation in america about race she asked him for a raise and he told her that he thought this might not be the right place for her to work which is like get your fucking pitchforks and yeah. get to this man's house that was i wanted to like throw my computer out of the fucking window when i read that i mean that was the more than the 
the picture more than even Sola's situation because that might not have to do specifically with Adam Rappaport but that from the assistant was the most damning thing and that's like yeah when it's like you're personally oh you are it's not just you're oblivious you are a horrible horrible person you're a fucking asshole and it's like they're all like this I'm sorry but it's like all every single rich fucking guy that you work for in your life especially in media or entertainment or anything they're all fucking like this and they think that they decide what culture is they know what's good they know what sells they know like what to do because the because the system has been set up to make them believe that and to work for them and them alone and anyone who doesn't look like them act like them talk like them doesn't have the parents with the fucking pedigree that they have is like they are doing a fucking favor to you by just like allowing you to work for a check and do something that they would never in a million fucking years ever do because it requires like actual work humility tenacity like it requires all of these things that they just simply will not do it's it is absolutely maddening Oh, that made me so mad. And the the whole thing made me so mad. And so Adam Rappaport had to fucking whatever. He said he stepped down, he got fired, whatever. Good fucking riddance. Fuck him. I was so annoyed by that whole fucking thing coming to light. And and I, yeah, after that stuff and then the soulless stuff comes to light, uh, you just start looking at everything a little different. Um, and the people that are familiar with these test kitchen cooks and feel that you have some sort of like not a relationship but like you 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 feel like to some extent that they're your friends like anyone that you look on tv you're like oh what is what is really going on and it it becomes so maddening and then and then what happens is all the sort of not silly stuff but all the the crazy sort of a little bit more petty stuff starts coming to light in the in the deep recesses of twitter about each of these individual people who is saying what, when are they saying it, who's supporting Sola, who's not. And then as me, I just get, it's like a fucking soap opera, which I know is a horrible way to think of it because these are people's lives and it's systemic of, or it's it's symptomatic of of systems of power and, and white supremacy in our country. And yet I can't help but part of, think of it as a fucking petty soap opera. So I need to work on that with myself. Yeah, I feel like that is where I get like frustrated with social media in general yeah. and like the whole idea of like cancel culture, which people claim doesn't exist, but absolutely does. Um, like the, just like there is a huge, huge racial problem in this country. It is so, the, the type of systemic change that needs to happen is monumental. It's overwhelming. There are organizations that are fighting every single day to change some of our most problematic racist systems, like the jail system, the prison system, um, education, healthcare. There are places that are advocating for this and working on this all the fucking time. And I honestly do get kind of frustrated when like we're having this conversation and and then it like turns into a somewhat adjacent but ultimately 
I don't know what the word is. It's it, it a, a little it's futile a, and superficial. It's superficial. And it's also like self-aggrandizing, I think, because it's like when people will start to like make like a huge post about like, I remember one of the things was like, that I saw I was like, Carla sent an email where she said like something like she's, Oh yeah. Don't come in. Like she had to go and post her email and people are like, okay. It's like, okay, maybe that was fucked up. Look, Adam Rappaport is fired. Like there is an emergency. There's an emergency happening right now. Like, why are we going through and like, why are we going through out like Alex Delaney's Vine videos and like set talk calling him out for this stuff? Like, why is this happening right now? Like, is this the most, I agree that he's fucked up, but it's like, where is the energy for this coming from when like, we need like fucking j- pr- j- prison reform. We need reparations. Yeah. Like, why are people wasting their fucking time doing this? I get, I do get like, and it's, and I, I'm like, who are you, who are you serving with this? With like these like petty posts about it that like is going to have like almost no effect on anybody. Well, it's for other, it's for other media people and people of either a similar class or aspiring to that class. Similarly to the Me Too movement, uh, the most salacious stories were in Hollywood, were in the systems of sort of this glamorous power. And so these are the stories that uh, get traction. And I think. Well, I was saying that about Me Too the whole time. And like. I always thought Me Too was frustrating for that exact same reason because the people that were getting, the the people that were being served by the Me Too movement were people who were like relatively fine already. I mean, like, and I don't mean to discount the fact that people like Harvey Weinstein needed to get fired or whatever (laughs) fired needed to like be go to jail and like there were like obviously huge problems, but it's like. I don't really know what the Me Too movement did for like underprivileged people, people who don't have a voice or a platform, or people who can't expose their abusers on a social media platform like i didn't see a huge systemic shift in that to like help women and girls who are like disadvantaged who are like really in danger and like people who are like currently in danger i didn't see a lot of that seemed like it was like very focused on the corporate world business sexual harassment in the workplace which are very big problems and like yes you need to be addressed but like like I said, like there is like, there are people who are in danger right now in this country that need help. And yeah. I, it, just, it frustrates me to no end when like these conversations get totally taken over by like the corporate media class. I just, I don't, it's not, I, I just, I don't like it. I mean, I, I think culture and so- social justice specifically doesn't often trickle down if, if these movements start from, uh, white collar spaces and professional spaces it's really i think tough well this like didn't this movement that we're in right now didn't trickle down exactly so and then it was like totally taken over by like every single corporate brand being like hashtag will be better whatever the hell (laughs) they're saying i mean that's just fear that's just fear of being canceled and fear of not being on the right it's it's in action it's in action whatever Uh, it's i mean it's it's like you you sort of have like as a cor- i mean i i don't fucking know like corporations are are pretty evil anyway but like you they they just have to pay lip service to this movement and feel like they've done all the work like S- starbucks is an example of they they had this um you know this this nice post about how black lives matter and they're working to change their their corporate structure or whatever and then it comes out a few days later that they uh prohibited any of their employees from from wearing anything on on them on their persons that that 
that like gave voice to Black Lives Matter or that said Black Lives Matter or anything. And I think that's, um, I mean, it's expected. It's like not surprising at all, but it's it shows the hollowness and just the evil. I mean, the, these are corporations that exist to make money. So it's like you you can never even expect or you can never expect any uh, anything from this capitalist system that we have to like be good and to actually like try to make progress for the right reasons because it's never going to it's not it's never going to no and it's and it's like yeah like like you're saying like it at best will be like a distraction from like the because people like corporate america like doesn't want i mean they whatever whatever we don't need to get into the gritty uh, of our politics but like you know yeah um so like and this is still a developing story like as and oh this sort of so this sort of trickled out to other Condé Nast titles this morning in the New York Times there was a, a huge article uh the headline was like can Anna Anna Wintour survive the social justice movement uh, movement because she obviously has a reputation of I mean just being horrible to everyone yeah. but then specifically like um being really hesitant to show any sort of uh uh, black culture in fashion uh, it, Vogue is an extremely white space there's like been a handful of black women on the cover in the past hundred years and then there's even fewer you know black people working behind the scenes so she's she's really stood for this 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 uh colonial well Andre Lee and Tally said you know she's a colonialist broad and he's you know a black uh editor who worked at Vogue for a long time and then left um so people are I think the, and it, it, I, no one knows what's going to happen, but it's like maybe the, some of these giants, these, these, these arbiters of culture are going to topple. Uh, and that's great. But then it's like, like you said about the Me Too movement, like that needs to be synthesized with a movement starting from the ground up and, 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 and talking about working class people uh, and not just the, the sort of superficiality of, the media class, which is important because these are the images that everyone sees and this is what everyone aspires to, but it's not real change for, for everyone. Exactly. It's like more, it's like just another way of keeping things exactly the same by like focusing all of your energy on, on celebrities. Yeah. And so like, there's, I mean, there's a lot of like fashion-y stuff that I don't really know. Like the, the lady from Man Repeller stepped down the lady from the wing stepped down because these really? were yeah in the last few days uh because these are apparently you know horrible places to work if you were uh, a yeah. black woman uh I, I i mean i agree with you that like all the fucking petty stuff about carla and andy and brad whatever like every white person who works at bon appetit needs to do better alex delaney can go fuck himself <laughs> That's the one the one thing I, I will stand that he should be fired for I mean, his Confederate cake. I'm sorry, you're in college. I don't care if you're 17. You shouldn't be making a Confederate flag cake. Like, sorry, you shouldn't. And then and then saying, excuse my language, saying faggot on Vine in 2013 when he was 20 years old. He wasn't a child. So that I think he needs to go. Well, I don't care. I mean, I, I've never been like a Delaney, like I've never been on his, like, I've never been on his like side or whatever. Yeah, I mean, truly like, horrifying. a fan of his. Not, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say I don't care. Like, I don't like about what you're saying. I'm saying I don't care about him as a person as well. Sure. 
I it was because I, I was scrolling his Instagram, which I'm not proud of that. Uh, looking for his alleged billionaire heiress girlfriend that someone talked about on Twitter that has a, a connections to Jeffrey Epstein, which I could not find evidence of. Uh, but what does that mean? Because she has connections to Jeffrey Epstein. So apparently, the girl he's dating has some sort of family connections to Epstein. Is what uh, I encourage everyone to follow um, Tammy etc. at Tammy etc. on Twitter. If you want to get into this more uh, petty stuff, she's a she's a, a a black wine writer who I think had freelance for Condé Nast, but she's sort of um, posting a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, but people, oh, my point is, so I didn't realize so many people think Alex Delaney is sexy, which I was like, that is literally the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. I in mean, my life. I always thought that like Brad was the hot one. Oh yeah, I mean Brad Brad is hot. Uh, Andy is hot. Uh, Rick is hot. Uh, Alex is not hot. What about Chris Morocco? Uh, plead the fifth. <laughs> not plead the fifth. Uh, I don't want to be mean. <laughs> Whatever that that amendment is, I don't want to be mean. He's not hot. Come on. Chris Morocco, I mean, he, I'm sure he's a, well, I don't know if he's a, some people say he's not a very nice person. Who knows? He claims Wait, to be a super taster. He claims to be a super taster, but there's no evidence. He couldn't tell I the know, difference he's between really bad at it. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, you said he's not nice. Uh, I think he's just part of the um, because he he was also a, a manager like Carla. So pe people are just saying petty things like he was whatever. Uh, there's a lot of garbage flowing around. I, again, follow uh, at Tammy etc. If you want to hear all this, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I'm just saying there's some interesting stuff there. Yeah. But Aggie was. He's right. This is not. This is not what's important. Um, yeah, I mean, I just like, I, I don't, I feel like everybody should feel comfortable in their workplace. Um, yeah, that's important. And if you need a public airing of like, whatever, then good. I mean, I, I think the most important thing about the story is that like, the women of color were being fair, paid less money and yes. that's the important thing and that needs to be rectified by Condé Nast like that is totally wrong 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 and the entire system of like how people are compensated for their work needs to be readdressed and that only will come when like the leadership is more diverse like it's not enough just to have like a person of color that you put in a video and you pay them less money than everybody else like that is bad that is not good no, that is so bad is like People like women of color, black women need to have the same positions that are held by white men and white women in these media companies, be paid the same amount of money and have editorial decisions. That is the way that these things will be fixed. <laughs> like it's the yeah. only way that it's going to change. Well, in, and in the investors, the money people need to support them. They can't just have these like glass cliff situations when women and people of color are promoted to editorial leadership positions. And then, oh, that's just sort of what happens when, when the money runs out or they drive it into the ground or whatever. The, 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 the Newhouse family who owns the billionaires who own Condé Nast need to support these people. And also white upper middle class New York culture cannot be seen as the be all and the end all of taste. And Condé Nast, like it or not, is a tastemaker 
between Vogue and Bon Appetit and Architectural Digest and all these other magazines uh, by by normalizing the uh, like white urban culture as as the be all and the end all the center of culture that does a lot of harm to to other cultures and yeah they need to just fucking burn it to the ground and start start fresh yeah even if it's like i mean i appreciate that these places are like run out of new york but like new york is like a huge multicultural city there are yeah. so many people in new york like why is it only the white people in new york that they're that are like the center of culture and and we know why yeah we know exactly why the point is to change it uh oh god and Ad oh, just one more adam rapaport had his assistant fucking clean his golf clubs oh and god. teach his wife how to use a google calendar fucking idiot doesn't know how to use a google well google calendars are hard sort of i get it but i mean look assistant work is it yeah really bad oh my god okay people well, need to get rid of the assistant industrial complex <laughs> yeah um, uh so Okay, so we hopefully don't know. we're not canceled now because well, of anything you said. Um, so like I posted on Instagram, I assume we have some listeners that worked at Goop at some point. And I'm not saying Goop is a toxic place like Condé Nast is. I'm sure it's obviously a lot smaller company. Um, but if anyone has any stories to share, either good or bad, you know where to find us. I want to know. Yeah. And um, sure. And um, Goop has like, you know, Goop has its own slew of problems. Yeah. I mean, Goop has done, you know, what you expect these companies to do to give lips. And I'm not, again, like, I'm sure this is coming from a very genuine place. And Goop does have uh, a couple women of color in visible positions. But this is similar to Bon Appetit. Is Megan making the same as Jean? I have fucking no fucking idea. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's this is on my list, but I feel like there's one person who I have, I am focused on at Goop, who I think is got a lot of, I've got a lot of questions for. Oh, her. Uh, are her initials EL? They might be. <laughs> All right, so uh, shall we just get into the newsletters? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. I let's get into it. What was your best of the week? My best of the week wasn't in the newsletter. I hated everything in the newsletter. Yeah, I was so too. tired this week. My best thing of the week was Dave Chappelle's new stand-up special. Oh. <laughs> Which was like so brilliant. It's not a stand-up special. He called it a, a like a lecture with punchlines or something, like a speech with punchlines. It's really? on, it's you can watch the whole thing for free on YouTube. It's just like this amazing 30-minute video where dave chappelle who i love dave chappelle and i know that he's been considered problematic in the past as well and has been like sort of like pseudo canceled and whatever i kind of he's not been canceled people have pushed back on his his transphobic statements uh but yeah. he's definitely he's still making fucking netflix specials he's not been canceled. he's not canceled he's been but he's like a problematic person sure. or whatever I've always loved him. I still love him. I like, I've loved every single, like basically like special that he's done. Like, I think that he's like, well, you're, you're an edgelord. Um, I'm an edgelord and, um, he, uh, which like it should go without saying is not like an endorsement or an agreement with every <laughs> single thing that he says. It means that I think that he's like a very good comedian. Anyway, he, 
had this special last night or that I saw on YouTube last night where he's just like talking about, you know, why he hasn't spoken up yet, what he thinks about the situation and just like this, like great. And it's, it's very, very like loose. It's like, he's like reading a lot out of his notebook and it's not really like funny, but it's very poignant and very moving. And like, it will, it, it it's just like, it's just really good. I just think everybody should go and watch it. It's on YouTube. I'll check it out. And this, this is something that he's just recorded in the past couple of weeks. I mean, like, I think in the past couple of days, I mean, wow. yeah, oh, it okay. was, it's really, really fresh. And it's like, it's, it's just like this, um, I think it's in his hometown and it's like this st- outdoor stage and it's like really small and all the people are like sitting in pairs and they're socially distant and they're like wearing masks and like, it's like obviously a small audience and he's just like in this outdoor like area and just like talking about stuff and it's just it's just really engaging and really brilliant as he always is and i recommend it to everybody um that sounds great yeah uh well my best was from the newsletter and again like aggie said there's it was slim slim pickings this week but uh i did enjoy the article called what we know and don't know about electromagnetic radiation from wi-fi and phones uh that was your bet that was my craziest (laughs) i am i am here for goop talking about conspiracy theories whether they try to shut them down or give them a little more air and this one uh it says it was supported by science but they weren't they didn't come far down on the as far down on the conspiracy theories as i expected they sort of left it a little bit up for interpretation, which I, as a conspiracy theorist myself, enjoyed. Um, not that I think, I don't think 5G is the cause of COVID, obviously, and Goop says that too. Um, but they do talk about how there's like a lot of studies that are inconclusive, whether uh, electromagnetic radiation could be bad for your health and contribute to certain forms of cancer and other things, which I, I'd always sort of poo-pooed Cause I fucking put my, I guess I put my cell phone mostly on speaker now, but like, I definitely have like put it probably too close to my head and there's all these waves that we didn't have to deal with 10 years ago that are now floating through us. We don't know what's going on. So I like to, I want to read more about it and I appreciate Goop um, uh, furthering the conversation as they like to say. Yeah, it was my craziest. And I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that I'm like still talking about this, but like, it's just like, there's so much going on in the world right now. There's so many problems. And it's like, why doesn't Goop have one of these like huge tell all things about like where the women who read the newsletter are getting, have like got their wealth and like what they're choosing to do with it. And I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's all I'm talking about today. But it's like, why are they wasting? Like there was someone who wrote a really good essay about goop oh really a long time ago and they were like the thing about this is like it's supposed to be wellness but this is for it might have been lindy west honestly i'm not i'm not don't hold me to that but they were like um this is for people who are well already which is like the oh yeah that was lindy that was after uh the in in goop health that was her Yeah. yeah that was a great article And it just was like, why are 
these women who are totally fucking fine. Uh, and they're like saying like, oh, we're going to do better. We're going to do better. And then you're going to like sit down and put out this like insanely, incredibly long piece that's just about things that might potentially at some point cause you some slight discomfort, basically. Like a lot of the sickness that is that they talk about on Goop is like basically like the, it is just the very slightest unease, discomfort. Mm -hmm. Like it is not, a, it's, it's not an actual problem. And I don't, I just don't think it's enough. If we are really talking about like how we're going to create change or whatever, and like all these people are like, we're taking accountability, we're taking accountability. Why are you not like, where is that in the, in the meat of this newsletter? I just didn't see it. And this was like an especially egregious example of it because when these white women publish these pieces about their own, about like the very minutia of their well-being, it just like really exemplifies their privilege and their total, um, the, just like the total like cushion, cushioned existence that they're living. And I found it incredibly frustrating and incredibly tone deaf. Uh, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, I because th this this week's newsletter, I mean, they always link to these other articles. So like that that sort of passing the buck is like linking to articles about racial justice, which they've been doing. And then this week they they profiled a couple of women of color, but these are you know it's an Ayurvedic chef and a woman doing sound baths. So it's like, I mean, it still is goop. It's always going to be goop, I guess. But you're right, like. But Goop will publish serious things. Like Goop yeah. talks about vaccines well, and, and, and Goop, talks about like, you know what I mean? Like they, they when they're and, like vaccines are a really good example because Goop realized that they had some accountability there because they had like fostered this culture of people that don't believe in vaccines. And so they have been like kind of trying to backtrack on that and publish a lot of information just about like why vaccines are like sound science and it's important to use vaccines. I think that they have a similar responsibility in terms of like wealth distribution, white privilege, which is like kind of a buzzword, but it has a lot of meaning. Like they have to look at what they are, why they think that they're sick. Like this is an important, that's, it's important to say like, why do these rich white women have so much extra energy and money to pour into like every single square inch of flesh on their bodies. Why is this the conversation still? And I mean, maybe this thing, I didn't really read this cause I was like, oh, this is like some crazy like thing, conspiracy theory. But like, why is there so, it's so narcissistic. It just remains to be so self-centered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I don't know that they have the tools, or well, it is still. I mean, it's a corporation or it's a comp. It's it's a for profit company. I unfortunately, I don't know that their audience probably wants to hear it. Um, I doubt they do. But yeah. I mean, like, what's the word? So, look, Gwyneth Paltrow is never going to be poorer. Elise Lunin probably isn't either. What's the harm if they lose, if they, if people don't want to read it anymore? Like they have, that's the point. Yeah, they have, and they have a platform. 
uh, and they really have nothing to lose in, yeah, like they're, they're never going to be poor. So yeah, if, even if Goop goes up in flames, like that, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, and it won't go up. I, I honestly don't think. No, it no, no. Be well, and now, because this is, it is right now, at least in the culture, it is like very trendy and people are, uh, are, are thinking white people, rich white people are maybe for the first time in their lives thinking just a tiny bit about racial justice and people less fortunate than, than themselves. And so this is the right time to do some soul searching. Uh, and I've noticed, and I haven't listened to them, but like Elise has posted some of the older Goop podcast episodes uh, speaking with, um, with, author, with black authors, but we haven't really heard anything from, from Gwyneth. Well, Gwyneth did that pass the mic thing on Instagram. Oh, I did see that. Uh, so uh, what, she's just giving someone else her Instagram for the so day? It was like this big Instagram thing where um, it was like all of these really prominent white women on Instagram for like one day gave their Instagram to like a black person on Instagram who like also in most cases like already had like a fairly large instagram yeah. following this sort of seems so like I, the fucking black square thing of just like everyone doing it yeah i mean like it did amplify amplify people's like voice like people they like the women who took took over the accounts like did get to post whatever they wanted all day long so it yeah. wasn't just like nothing it was like actually like a, it was something it was it was it was giving people an opportunity to speak to a wider audience um so it wasn't just like a blackout um square but um and she has like you know she's like posting on instagram like everybody else i don't know sure and she's i was hoping i i text i posted at her on on instagram like i was hoping she would match chrissy teigen's uh bail fund but oh right she never got back to you no she never got back to me but uh gene liked one of the comment i put on her instagram what, um, which was because she posted some garbage about uh amy mcgrath that lady that's running for senate in kentucky and i just told her um she should look at charles booker instead who's like the the progressive candidate who actually believes in medicare for all and and racial justice um she liked it. I don't know that she's actually going to give money to him. Well, she liked it at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wasn't really expecting anything I obviously to happen, but like, it's just like, I wish that um, we could like push for, I mean, I, I, I don't know to me, like Gwyneth Paltrow seems like one of the more, like, I know that this is going to sound crazy, but she does seem like one of the more aware celebrities out there even though like her entire brand is like so dripping in privilege and so irritating to so many um her like personal like choices like for example never participating in like a i take responsibility type <sighs> video and, like stuff do you know like how that. many of those people i went to college with sarah paulson no just Who? two actually that's a lot wow brag bryce dallas howard and Kristen bell Oh yeah. yeah. And Deborah Messing is also an NYU grad, but she's a bit older than me. It was like it's horrible. What an insufferable I, I watched that for like two seconds and I like immediately had to turn it off. I was like, I can't watch this. And then Brian was like, No, you have to watch it all the way to the end because you have to see um 
Aaron Paul cry. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did, but I, I really wish I hadn't. I mean, it's great. And that, you know, that whole thing was um, funded by the like eight can't wait people like this. Oh, and, was it? Yeah. And it was, it was, well, it's some like new, like super PAC or I don't know if it's a super PAC, but it's some organization that basically just funnels money back into the democratic party. Um, and it was, uh, and it, yeah, because oh, it's cause, yeah, because it's called I take responsibility. If uh, Deborah Messing is involved with your activism, you're doing something wrong. Move absolutely, on. she like, is the most dangerous never. woman in America. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> like you don't need Deborah in your. I mean, she's life. the stupidest woman in America. She's both. Yeah, she's both. She's. I mean, do you think she would play Jen Gunter in the movie? She wouldn't get it. She probably loves Jen Gunter. Yeah, she wouldn't get the movie that no, we have. No, it's a movie. It's like a lifetime movie. It's called like One Woman Struggle Against Like the Wellness Industrial Complex. Yeah. And it's Jen Gunter tweeting at at, at um at, at Gwyneth Paltrow all day. It's Deborah Messing like letting her hair go a little gray and like trying to get a an Emmy to play Jen Gunter. Oh my God! Written. Oh, did you see Jen Gunter's that. stupid um, but her emails mask that she wears? She does. She's yeah. like, she's Canadian. I know. She's why well, she's just probably a citizen at this point. I don't know. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh do, wait, no, she lives. Doesn't she live in Canada? Her show. No, she lives in Marin County. Why was her show on the Canadian like website? Because they're <laughs> like, the only Canada. ones that bought it. <laughs> <laughs> but she lives in the Bay Area. Okay. But she's like the perfect like resistance blue wave like. uh but her emails, I'm probably gonna get in trouble. Never mind, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> no, you're not. I mean, who cares at this point? I feel like we're both totally gonna get in trouble. Oh. I feel bad. I do feel really bad the way I was like, I don't care when you said that about Delaney. I really meant like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care what happens to him. And I feel like it came off really flippant. Well, I no, and I, I get it's a very, it's a very tiny thing. And like the the rage that I feel for him is more personal than anything. Of course it is. And like I should have not been like, oh fuck Delaney, like who gives a shit about him when like obviously like that's gonna have like a stronger impact on you because you're gay and it's gonna like be more like terrifying and painful for you to see something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's not it's well, it's that like a like a, a cocky like straight like straight dude saying that word is like very I don't like it, obviously. Yeah. Uh but it's like it's more indicative of just his his unearned confidence where it's like, and like i'm sorry like i know as much about fucking cocktails as he does like i know that i do he's like not he doesn't smart. know anything i feel like his whole stupid thing where he's like i'm a i'm a drink connoisseur is like so you know he really reminds me of like my boyfriend when i was in college Ugh. this guy named brad and he was like these guys who like think that he was like one of those guys who was like thought he knew about like ipas or something yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. that's same vibe as totally yeah. he ran like a menswear tumblr it wasn't even like a real blog <laughs> that was like his job before he got on bon appetit was like running a tumblr and then adam mm -hmm. rapaport sees him and like they probably like get you know went like like had some conversation about some fucking ipa and he gets this job and then he's as an assistant and then he's just in the kitchen talking to brad and then these two you know black women are talking to them and then carla sends out an email telling them all to stop and then Delaney's just like doesn't read the email and keeps doesn't give a shit doesn't give a shit and then he gets rewarded by start getting featuring in these fucking videos because oh, he's God. confident he's always been like, white he man one, he was always the one that like I couldn't um 
I couldn't like remember who he was. And I like was like, why is he in this? Like, what yeah. is he bringing to this? Like, he was always so boring. And I, I mean, it's crazy. I think it's like a different demographic because I looked, he has, I mean, they all have a ton of Instagram followers, but he has like half a million Instagram followers. And so many of the comments from young women and young men are just like, fuck me, daddy. And it's like so insane. And like, I literally, I mean, I agree with what you're saying about Andy, but again, I want to reiterate, I do not understand when like you get the same vibe with so much, so much more substance in Brad. Yeah, I, I mean, and I've commented on Brad's Instagram a hundred times, fuck me, daddy. And he's never written back to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just like, Alex. I know. And Brad, he's like with his kids and he's yeah. like barbecuing outside. And his little so kids. I guess it's just a different demographic, what you find sexy. Because yeah, it is like, it is obviously like, it's just an age difference. If you think Brad is sexy. I, I just cannot imagine anyone thinking Alex Delaney is sexy. That's just it. I don't get it. I, think, I don't get it. I think Chris Morocco is sexy. Ew! Of course. <laughs> well, okay. No comment. I don't know. I like it. I like that little vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. No comment. Uh, I, I like. I like a guy who seems like he's just like you know, like he pays his taxes and who like is a really good driver and like just like a responsible driver, not a flashy one. He and, like, seems like someone who would, if you like didn't clean up your like wine stain from the coffee table or something, he would not say anything for a week. And then one day he would just start screaming at you. He seems like someone who would like do clean it so well and hold on to these like weird resentments but like you would learn how to like play those resentments against him if you were in a long-term <laughs> relationship sure. it's just because a game and you just get in this endless game <laughs> i mean what what when did you find out that he was straight and had a wife and kids okay honestly when i found out he was straight and maybe this is like also like problematic well but, but it's natural it's natural but, but listen but this is the problematic thing like when I found out he was straight was I think I just like started when I first started watching it I started googling him and I was like also like oh this is really nice like this is like a, like a queer space <laughs> and like I thought <laughs> like I was like oh these guys are like every single guy I thought was like gay I thought they were all gay you never thought Except Brad was Brad gay, right? What? Did you think Brad was gay? Um, no, I never thought Brad or Alex were gay, but no. I didn't really know who they were at the beginning because they weren't in. I never watched like Brad. I was. I didn't want to watch his like fermentation because it's all like fermenting. Yeah. I was just like not into it. So like I just really saw like Rick, Andy, and Chris were like the only guys on it that I really knew, and I was like, oh wow, like that's really cool. Oh yeah, they all seem equally gay. <laughs> Rick equally, Andy, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Actually, Andy seems less gay. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to stop talking. Well, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Yeah, but I, I was like... like, but then I was like, I just sort of like started like randomly Googling them. And I was like, I wonder, but Chris was just like, I was just like interested in Chris. I was like, what's your story? <laughs> like, I was just interested in him. And I just like, I just like started Googling him. Cause I was like, I wonder, like, I bet you he's got like an apartment that's been like written up in a magazine or something. So I just started like looking for stuff and lo and behold, he did have an apartment that had been written up in a magazine 
And it said in the magazine that he lived with his wife and children. And in that moment, I was shocked. I, my first reaction was that like, I didn't believe it. I was like, that's like a different Chris Morocco. I was like, that's no, I thought it was like sad. And he like, was like, Oh, like like a lavender marriage. Yeah. Like I thought it was like a situation, like a 1950s situation. I was like, what the hell is like, wow. These like New York people really are like these New York blue bloods really are old fashioned. Like that was like my first thought, which was probably fucked up. Then I got into an even deeper dive and I cannot tell you exactly how, but I like went through this like long channel of things where I found to confirm that he had a wife. I went really deep and I found his mother-in-law's Facebook (laughs) (laughs) and confirmed. And she was like, my daughter is married to this man, Chris. And like, there were pictures and I was like, okay, this is real. Like he really is married to a woman, even though you never see her. I mean, I see the kids on the videos. I never see the wife. You see the kids. You never see I even see Carla's husband once in a while. But I've seen the wife because I found her. Oh, because I found her but she has a different last name I can't remember what it was Algeria (laughs) that was a bad joke no it is no it is something that was another reason that I thought it was fake because it's like something that would be like un. I can't remember what her first name is but it's like something that when you put it with Morocco it like you get a you if you google it you just get like I can't remember what it was but it's like it's ungoogleable because of the last name Morocco Marrakesh (laughs) no it's like something like I can't remember what it is, but it's like something that's like also a thing. So it's like you get results for like that thing in Morocco. I can't remember. I'm so sorry that I can't remember it, but it's better probably to like not get people Googling. But um, she, but, uh, and then this might be fucked up too, but like when I found out that he was straight, that was when I first started to think that he was hot because I was like, that's really perverted. (laughs) (laughs) That a straight guy would act like that? That a straight guy would be so effeminate and sexless? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh man, like he's like, what's his deal? Like I got like, I was like, ooh, what's your you're weird. Like you're a little bit different that like a straight guy's like that. Uh see, that's healthy. To is be it? like, oh, I'm gonna be attracted to someone if I know he's straight. See, with Brad and me is like, oh, I know he's straight. I know I could never have him, and that makes him more attractive. Well, no, I mean, like, I would never not say say I'm not attracted to Andy. I mean, like, Andy's obviously the hottest one on the show. Oh, Andy's arms. I mean, that was that's just like tr- now he's doing the sleeveless videos. It's like crazy. He oh, does all of his videos from home sleeveless. It's too much. Sometimes I get mad because I'm like, why are you all telling me to like eat like pasta carbonara all the time? He, like he works. That. He's like a he's orthorexic. <laughs> I'm just diagnosing him. Diagnosing. He must work out like six hours a day if he eats like that's crazy. He probably doesn't eat like that. I don't think any yeah. of them do. I think they all just like, they just like eat it. I yeah, think where are, I mean, we need like, like black men and black women on Bon Appetit, but we also need fat people on Bon Appetit That's videos. That's a good point, Brian. Cause it's like, it does feel sort of offensive when people are like talking about food in this way that like you, I don't think that they consume it. No. It's annoying. I want, Yeah like who there are like very few fat celebrity chefs i mean brad could stand to lose 10 pounds fine but that's about it but no but like that's but no exactly hot. but no but no he couldn't um <laughs> but like mario batali and <laughs> those are the only two i just remembered some lady i used to watch on pbs when i was a kid marianne esposito who was like she was mm-hmm. like before ina garten but she was like italian and she was 
a larger woman and I loved her. I don't remember her. Uh, it was called, um, oh God, what was her show called? Like, it was like Cucina Italia or something like that. And she was just oh. like this Midwestern, like she wasn't Italian, she was like Italian American. And she would just, you know, eat lots of pasta and have a good time. Yeah, I want to see a fat person tell me how to cook. They always Absolutely. say never trust a skinny chef, which is like 100% of the BA's house kitchen. So. I know. And like the camera adds 10 pounds. So they're all, they almost be tiny. Like yeah, Chris, all- Chris Morocco, he has to, he cannot consume more than like a thousand calories a day. I think that he's just like on his feet. I think they like run around and they're like cooking and they taste stuff so much yeah. that they like never really like sit down and eat a meal. And then it like adds up to a like, 1400 calories or something but they're like not like whenever they do those people do like a day in the life type of situation they're always like oh i gain they always say that they like never eat meals they just like eat the food that they're cooking and then oh my god if i worked there i i mean i guess it would be a hard job obviously but like i would eat so much oh rick works out a lot too we can't forget rick he's because he's like an older a little bit older and he has a great body yeah, oh, okay, let's good. keep going. Okay, sorry. I, I, I we have no that. idea how long we've been going. I this Zoom shit, you don't see a clock and that's terrifying. I know I should have been timing this. Anyway. Uh okay, let's go fast. What was your worst? Okay, my worst in general is Elise as a person. Um I <laughs> have been <laughs> I've been talking about how much I hate her this entire time, but I feel like when we talk about this stuff like with systemic change and all this like and I said, you know, what about having like people of color having more, um, you know, important or like advanced or like editorial roles in these companies. And I don't understand why I feel like Elise's work has been so white centric, her interviews with black, um, like civil rights leaders and like writers and like, um, educators and like have been so cringy, mortifying, so white focused white woman self-centered she just everything she talks about is when she interviews especially a black uh author or notable person is all every example she's just always coming back to herself and her own experience a hundred every example is herself and i think that a lot of the people that she's had on to interview have been like really interesting interview subjects and like people that like it's good that are like given the platform of goop and like most of them were people that like i followed on instagram or like knew about already but i still feel like the way that she's interviewing them sets a horrible example and i don't understand why she's con- i mean why is she the one conducting these interviews in the first place i just i she, who the fuck is she no one would even know who she was if she didn't host the podcast i don't think it's important that it's her doing it i don't i still don't understand why she's like ed, trying to elbow her way into being like the face of this brand i just don't get it and i don't like her and i want her to go away yeah i think you're right she's like she's like the adam rapaport of goop she is i mean literally she is like, she probably hires everyone I, yeah i mean and like like you know megan we love megan megan should be the one doing this if she wants to i don't know what she wants to do or like, like why is there one black woman who's like yeah, exactly oh megan do it it's like why no like megan there should be uh, at least should not have that job and a black woman should have it or like a person of color should have it and like the and the person who's conducting the interview should be someone who's at least versed in just like how to not be a narcissist and not to center yourself i mean just yeah. that simple how yeah, it's not it? just i mean it's 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 racist and it's like 
white centered, but it's also just sort of like journalism 101. You don't like center yourself when you're interviewing someone. You, even like Mark Marin has learned this over the years. Like anyway, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, she's always gotten my nerves so bad. Anyway, sorry. I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, what's we all right? have those people. Mine is Jen Gunter and Alex Delaney. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> your worst? Quickly, what was my worst? Uh, oh, God. Oh, okay. It was just, we don't have to talk about this that long. The recipes and strategies to make the most of a CSA box. It was just, there wasn't any useful information. I have a CSA box. Um, it, w it was just about like how to, like, if you don't know what vegetable it is, Google it. And then they had like a couple recipes for pasta. I don't know what I was expecting in this article, but it just seemed uh, extraneous and unnecessary. And because it is something that I deal with on a weekly basis, my CSI, CSA box, I thought I would glean some information from it and I did not. So I was disappointed. Um, yeah, that's annoying. I'm sorry. Oh, your craziest was the, yeah. mine, mine was the father's day guide. Like some of the things were fine, but so, like one of the things that they're trying to sell for the father's day guide is Will Cole's ketotarian book. Like oh my, my father has been dead for 10 years, but if I gave him that book, he would die again <laughs> <laughs> or he would kill me and then I'd be dead. Um, also who doesn't want to get their dad a $649 bidet? Like, is it a prank? I would never get my dad a bidet. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, oh it would like, it's a funny, like $20, like gag gift. I guess if you have that type of like funny relationship with your, if you have like a, a scatological sense of humor with your father, I could sort of see doing like a funny, like a poopery or something like that. Oh my God. But, I don't want to think about this relationship. I don't want to think about this father daughter relationship that's getting written about in this like, like this hypothetical relationship it sounds disgusting and especially and if you're quarantining with your dad are you like using the bidet it's like you and your are dad, you like, dad you forgot to wipe your ass again like don't here's your bidet happy father's day lol Ugh. um then there was like an incense burner oh then there was a joint roller which i was like oh so cool like, your dad's such so fucking hip like oh god maybe i mean he's like alzheimer's and glaucoma if your dad is smoking weed it's gonna give you psychological scars like i don't want to <laughs> know about my dad's drug use which i've known enough quite enough about that in my fucking lifetime and like you don't want to like just like where are the boundaries in this yeah. fucking relationship here's the thing for your asshole here's the thing for you to roll a joint what Stop. Whatever happened to socks, to a tie? My you know dad I mean? likes socks, and he likes ties. Yeah, that's what an appropriate Father's Day gift. My dad's favorite gift was always just a big box of new tennis balls. <laughs> oh, that is a cute one. Yeah, that's a good just one. Tennis balls. Easy peasy, no assholes involved. Um, yeah, I mean, always, and you know, depending on your dad's sobriety set, status like not i just anyone's dad's sobriety status like get him a bottle of wine or a uh, whiskey something like that a, sure. a tool for the barbecue a, a nice tong they men love a barbecue um a nice a, a steak they had like you could get a, a steak uh uh box or whatever subscription box um mm -hmm. or just take him out to dinner well you can't do that well not now 
<laughs> take him out to uh get a, get him a, a prostitute get him uh get him an OnlyFans account yeah that's great i mean that's the, why not put that on there it's the same yeah. fucking thing as getting him the bidet and the joint roller boundaries uh some lube perhaps oh my god disgusting <laughs> okay let's move on uh what would you try okay i would try i found a new there's a new yoga person that my friend told me about how dare you i know um her name is it's called yoga with Manelli, and she's like this english i think she's english i could be wrong she's a black woman and she does this like um it's like <laughs> cannabis <laughs> Oh like no. cannabis it's like um cannabis infused yoga i hate and, like, it i hate people first, that mix weed with yoga the first video is called the 20 minute uh intentional morning yoga and it's like awake and bake she was like this is like your wake and bake video and like oh, it's just loser. like all of this like yoga for weed i i have never done like intentional i've definitely like had like taken an edible and then gone to a yoga class which is like a quite a delightful experience mm. but um I've never like done this like with a home practice, especially one where it's like permitted and encouraged, which I think might add another level of like relaxation or like intentionality oh, to like my true. practice of like getting high and doing yoga. Um, I haven't had any weed barely since this quarantine started because like I just haven't had the wherewithal to like procure it. But that's not to say that that won't change. Sure. Yoga with Ninelli? Minelli. Minelli. I N E L L I. And it's all, it's all stoned yoga. I don't think it's all, I mean, yeah, kind of like that was like what my friend told me when they were telling me about it. He was like, this is like a, he was like, this is what I'm doing. And it's like, you just get high and do it. So it's like, yeah, I do think that it probably is like pretty much all like that, but you don't have to, I mean, you know, you never no, have sure. to do anything, but I think that's sort of like her focus. Yeah. They, all of the videos seem to say cannabis infused. All right. Not I'll for me. But I mean, why not expand your mind in the quarantine? That's true. Uh, I'm, you know, halfway through my June courage journey with Adrian. Today was yoga for gut health. Um, oh, that's always good. It was uh, a lot of a lot of twisting. Yeah. Um. So I would try. Oh, the Ayurvedic. Okay, here's talking about gut health. The Ayurvedic uh, lady that they interview um she does like a my pantry's essential and she talks about trifala which is an adaptogen that apparently helps digestion and i think i've been relying on magnesium supplements for my digestion and i think i need to cut back uh taking i think i take like i don't know 500 milligrams a day which is probably too much um i don't need to get into details but i need to maybe cut back and try something a little more gentle so i was like oh trifala um it's an ayurvedic solution maybe i'll go half half season on the magnesium and then add the trifala and see see what happens that sounds good That's a really um good yeah because I, I think magnesium i mean it's not like a laxative or anything but it's it's like harsher than maybe is need necessary especially if you're if you're eating right and exercising and all that stuff you don't need all the extra right extra uh zhuzh, zhuzh <laughs> for your intestines i'm so yeah, squeamish talking about shit 
I mean, who wants to talk about shit? I don't know. I let's yeah, let's fucking move on. I stopped listening to a podcast because the host started started talking about shit too much. So I don't want that to happen to us. I would do this. I would do the same. Yeah. Uh, what would you buy? Okay. Well, I, I didn't do this, but I, I just want to take this by space to say that I think I'm going to delete Instagram again. I had deleted it and then I got back on it when this all started happening. So I was like, oh, I want to like see what's going on. And I feel like it's driving me slowly insane. And I it's time for me. The other thing that I'm like starting to get on my high horse about is... Um, um surveillance capitalism and like my a growing paranoia of like digital technology so i'm thinking that i at the very least i'm gonna like temporarily disable it uh i think that's smart i've never been a big instagram person it doesn't um it doesn't fire my synapses like twitter does so i i could always take or leave instagram uh but this it is because people are providing like good information to some extent, but it, 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 it is, I mean, like all social media, it has become so performative. And yeah. like you said, with Elise, so self-centered yes. the posting yes. of centering people, yeah. their cell, especially white people um, yeah. having to perform this and, 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 and like, as if their job is to educate other white people which i get is like complicated and you want to like talk to your friends and 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 teach what you what you recently learned and thinking about but it um it's like who the fuck are you i don't need to fucking look so i'm, fucking annoying. I'm sorry that's probably overboard misinformation too it's like yeah mis- is like like i saw somebody posting something that like di- it just like directly contradicted something i had asked them to do on behalf of like an organization that i was working with that was like as like the, like an activist organization that like asked volunteers to ask this of their friends. And I saw them like directly disagreeing with that based on- Can you go into more detail? I'm curious. Well, it was an email that got sent out that had been like carefully crafted by like actually a black woman lawyer and like some other people that was like so supposed to be sent to somebody in the city. And I, I, I had asked a couple of friends if they would be interested in sending it out. And one of the people that I asked, I saw later in the day posting a story on Instagram, which had like a screen crap, screen cap of a tweet from a white girl who was like, I work as an assistant and I just want to let everybody know that when you send out these emails, um, it's always better to rewrite them and use your own words because otherwise they'll just delete them. And I, that might be true in some cases. And like, I don't want to put myself in the position where I'm educating, but like, I know for a fact that the one action that I had asked this person to take was like a very specific email that was supposed to be sent the way that it was written. And it had a space to put in like your own personal, like two cents or whatever. But like the main thing was supposed to be like just copied and pasted because they use yeah. specific language that they wanted. Well, cause, to cause it's a numbers game. It's not like, it's not like they're actually looking at these specific emails and like reading your fucking thoughts. It's like, Oh, your office got 10,000 emails today about this. Maybe it's important. Like that's, what's important. Exactly. 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 And also and like to be so different narcissistic, to be so that narcissistic you that you think, override. yeah, oh my God, yes. oh, don't get the me started. Work of people, and it's like, this is an assistant speaking over a lawyer. Like that is what white supremacy looks like. Stop doing it. It's really annoying. And it's like, I just, and I, and I find things like that popping up here and there where I'm like, these tips and tricks about like how to be an activist and stuff are coming from the wrong people. They're not always good advice. I found it. And it's like, I, I'm not trying to, and again, I'm not putting myself in a position where I'm like educating anybody. I'm just saying like, 
please listen and like do as you're required. Because like, I just, like the thing that we can all remember is like, if we are white people coming into a black led activist space, we are coming into a movement that has been going for a very, very long yes. time. Our ideas are not better. They are worse. We are new. They are not. Listen and follow directions. It's like the simplest thing. And it's like the number one ask. It's like the first thing that'll be asked of you as a white person yeah. who like wants to have any type of like, who wants to like help or like contribute in any way to this movement. And like, it's so annoying when, when you just feel like that's not happening. Well, yeah. And cause white, white people, like educated white people have been taught since they were a kid that they're fucking so smart and so creative and every, and everything should be like, Oh, I'm going to put my little spin on it and make it right. better and improve it. And it's like, no, and that's gonna show you are, you are one in an army and you are insignificant and it's all about changing the system. And it's all about, you know, society coming together at like in, 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 in huge numbers and your little fucking personal thoughts and shit means nothing. It's so hard for people to get through their heads that like this moment is not about you. Yeah. And it's getting worse it's on Instagram. It's like people are spinning out of control. Cause Instagram is like, like one of the more narcissistic cause it's all images. Yeah. And it's just like, it's also just like, I'm so addicted to it. It's like, I will sit there and go through story after story after story. And it's like, I can't even, I feel like I can't even read a book or do anything. That's like, it's hard for me to concentrate on anything for longer than like five minutes because of just like these like flash, it's like colors and lights, like flashing mm. in your face for like just the whole thing. I was like, I just need a break. Um, so what would I buy? Oh, lip balm is mine. <laughs> Ooh, that's uh, my lips are so dry because it's hot out and I'm taking walks every day and I like my lips are just chapped and I bought some stupid four dollar lip balm from my CSA which is like a hippie one that like a farmer made or something and surprise surprise it doesn't work very well so uh this one is Henny Henne Organics Lip Mask $37 so it better fucking work uh oh it's oh did you literally buy it no I didn't but it's it's the one some it was like a cool lady we talked about the lady that that invented it a little while ago she seemed very cool i think she was like from san francisco or something um okay. but oh yeah because the goop the like generic dollar goop lip balm that i did buy on goop once that one sorry elise and gwyneth that one doesn't work very well either yeah it's i think you like, gave me one too. it's it a stick of coconut oil that's all it's too good yes it's yeah. too like loopy and gross yeah. Yeah. i need and like nothing i've never had a lip a lip balm that works really because like blistex carmax all that shit fries your lips like i don't know what i mean i think it's just you just need to drink water and stay hydrated rather than like putting something on but i would like to try this because it has sea buckthorn balm and it says it leaves lips moisturized for hours um well please let me know i i actually was gifted a really nice lip mask for my birthday, which I do not know where it is, and I really want to find it because I want to do a lip mask too really bad. Ooh, that does sound good. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, it's been, I have no idea. Has it been an hour and a half? Has it been four and a half hours? Who knows? I don't know. Um, it's Hopefully been luckily listenable. Yeah. Listen to this on uh one and a half speed. Listen on two speed for all we care. Well, it's too late now, it's over. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well if you spent hours listening to us we thank you thank you so um, much and after we were just like white people need to shut up we're just I gonna know. talk for I'm all like literally screaming i do feel like a grotesque hypocrite but i don't know what <sighs> yeah what can you do yeah. i don't know um so 
will continue to follow Goop. We'll continue. I will continue to follow Bon Appetit because I'm a sick, sick person. Um, and we're just going to, I don't know, continue to fucking try to learn and, uh, and be better people. I don't know yeah. what to say. That sounds very trite. <sighs> um, okay. Well, thank you so much for listening and we love you. Yep. Um, donate to places. Everyone has them in their fucking Instagram bios. So yeah. Okay. We love okay. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>